0: Let's clear the decks and bring in our political guy. It's a Mulcair Monday, Thomas Mulcair, former leader of the opposition and uh, former leader of the federal NDP, joins us on Monday mornings. Nice to have you. Good
1: to be with you, John.
0: Not sure if you had any personal experiences with David Onley, but I couldn't leave him unmentioned this morning. I just thought, I mean, aside from a life of incredible dignity and service and, um, you know, his example as a man with disabilities who became the lieutenant governor and
1: a TV star, he was the nicest guy I ever met. Yes, and I had a chance to meet him. And heartfelt condolences to his loved ones. It's a great loss for everyone. Um, Quite the individual Really, a precursor, somebody who was out there showing that a physical difficulty isn't going to become a barrier to doing whatever you want in life. And I think that he was a role model for a lot of people for that purpose.
0: Well, and you and I are not that far apart in age. I think we remember a time when people were supposed to cover up the fact that they have a disability. Exactly. I mean, look at the, the governor of Texas who appears publicly in a wheelchair versus the way it was for Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who exactly. would be placed well, exactly. in a car and driven yep. around, but, he, you know, you would never see him out uh, actually you know, walking with his canes.
1: No, and, and in, in fact, the, the, there wasn't news on television at the time, but there were certainly news reels. And it, there's ample indication that they had lots of film footage of him being unable to walk and being carried, but it was never shown. So it, it was something that everybody had decided to help him cover up. But of course, as you correctly say, in this day and age, it's okay. You, you explain to people that this is just some part of who I am, but watch all the rest of it. And that's what Onley was able to do.
0: Uh, Chantal Hébert, who's a columnist I tremendously respect, writes a column about Pierre Polyev and how he is distinctly unpopular in Quebec. But more importantly, because Quebec tends to, you know, they'll go for a policy if they like the policy, but Quebecers don't like his policy either. So is he doomed in Quebec?
1: I honestly believe he's doomed in Quebec. He's coming to to Quebec today. He's going to start doing the hard work of trying to connect. But, you know, the the word that would be used in French is cassant. You know, he's got that type of personality. You sometimes hear in English the word smarmy. He just has this way of saying, okay, this is what I've thought about And there's no other way to look at this issue. And that's the way he he tries to operate. It seems to please his base. It certainly pleased his colleagues. When he went from backbencher to minister, I have to tell you, he was so popular. I, I sat in front of him for years in the House of Commons, and he would stand up and he would perform. He would just fly off the handle, go in all sorts of directions. But it was always with one purpose, pleasing The backbenchers of the Conservatives who just said, yes, we finally got a guy who's speaking for us. As he goes across the country, he talks in familiar terms that you and I have heard before. He did it brilliantly during the leadership race. He swept aside people like Jean Charest, had no trouble winning because he was saying exactly what that base wanted to hear. But you have to go beyond that base if you want to win an election. How is that going to be able to carry in Montreal, which is a very progressive city? How is that going to be able to carry in the GTA which is a very progressive city with a very high proportion of people who have come from around the world. His recent visit to a, and I'm using air quotes here, to a think tank in Winnipeg that has ver- said very questionable things and, and you know supported very questionable ideas, for example, around the residential schools tragedy. So is he trying to... Talk to a base that's already his. And in that case, I think he's wasting his time. Is he trying to reach out and go beyond that base and talk to people who might be able to be brought into the conservative fold? Because, you know, they look at the way Trudeau's running the government and there are all sorts of problems with so many departments. But I don't think he's going to be able to bring them in. Not the way he's going now and certainly not in Quebec.
0: Okay, and at the risk of uh, revisiting a conversation you and I have had several times, there was an interesting think piece this weekend, I think in the Toronto Star as well, about how Justin Trudeau is just getting started. He's, he wants to beat Pierre Polyev, so if he sees a level of vulnerability, he'll stick around and, and face him off.
1: Yes, and, and, and I do think that he's looking at that right now. Some of the moves that are being made in my view, are clearly attempts by Trudeau and his team to clear off the runway. You know, he's going to take a few hits as he does it. You know, this bit about the McKinsey contracts, which are a real problem. They're they're a huge political problem for Trudeau because how is he going to explain to Canadians who are amongst the highest taxed people in the world that because the federal government's not working very well on his, on his mandate, that we're going to pay an outside company Over a hundred million so far that we've been able to find out. It reached the hundred million mark over the weekend, thanks to some good research. What are we paying them for? Well, that's it. I mean, if you need a very specific bit of super expertise, you know, in a very specific area that you just don't have necessarily within the government, that's. I don't think anybody's going to hold hold that against you. But here, for example, if there was one of the contracts it was a five million dollar contract in the military to start defining, you know, how to have an inclusion, uh, inclusive policy and bring in people from different backgrounds into the military. I'm sorry, Canada's got tons of expertise in that. We absolutely did not have to give five million dollar contract to an American company to teach us about inclusivity. I mean, it's just not true. And, and I think that that's the type of thing that the average Canadian is looking at right now and saying, hold on, you know, we're, we can't get a passport we've got some of the worst airports in the world and nothing seems to be working. And yet you're paying an outside company to do what the government is supposed to be doing. That's already costing a fortune in the first place. So I think that Trudeau has that vulnerability, but I'm not convinced that Poitiers because of the way he he goes after these things, I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to, to, that he's going to be able to tell Canadians that he can fix it. I don't think that they're going to go for it. Thank
0: you very much, sir. Good to have you.
1: Great to talk to you, John.